When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, this is Justin Williams with the Wolfpacker Podcast. I'm joined today, as always, by editor of thewolfpacker.com and fellow co-host Matt Carter. We are going to talk about NC State's short-lived NCAA tournament run, a first-round exit to six-seeded Creighton, uh, as was expected as the Wolfpack were five-and-a-half, six-point underdogs, but still a disappointing finish to what was a a great season for NC State men's basketball. A nice turnaround season. We'll talk about what went wrong in the Creighton game specifically. We'll talk about the season as a whole, big picture talks, and where NC State basketball moves forward after this season. But before we do all that, some quick reminders uh, for the listeners and viewers at home. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen to us, Apple, Spotify, Google Play. Plus, you can always watch us on our YouTube channel where you should subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already. Uh, I think we are at 2,000 followers, if not very, very close. So uh, appreciate you guys that heeded the call on the last podcast. But uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, please like this video, drop a comment as well. All those things help us out tremendously to reach other Wolfpack fans like you. Uh, Also, head over to thewolfpacker.com. Take advantage of a special deal going on right now for $29.99. You can get premium subscription to thewolfpacker.com as part of the on three network through the end of August, 2023. So that's better part of about five and a half months there, uh, roughly 50% savings. Cause it's normally about $10 a month to be a premium subscriber of the wolfpacker.com. So head over there now and take advantage of that deal. Obviously we've still got summer sports to conclude. We're going to have baseball season and summer is really, really when uh, football starts to get ramped up. Um, so head over to the Wolfpacker.com. They've always got recruiting is 24 seven, 365. So there's always football recruiting information going on. Plus, uh, as we're going to mention here in, in just a few minutes, it's about to be basketball silly season. Uh, if you're intrigued of where NC state is going to go from here next season, it all starts in the transfer portal. So you can take yourself back to last year when Jarkel Joyner decided to come to NC State, when DJ Burns decided to come to NC State, when Jack Clark decided to come to NC State. Well, had you been a Wolfpacker.com subscriber back then, you would have had all the intel on all these guys making their commitments and what type of impact they could possibly have in the upcoming season. So this is a gr- this is when the season starts for college basketball now, is, is the end of the NCAA tournament, and that's why you need to be a member of the Wolfpacker.com. So head over there now, $29.99 through the end of August 2023. Last but not least, head over to RogueShop.com. That's R-O-G-U-E Shop.com for your premium cannabis CBD Delta 8 and Delta 9 goods. They've got all kinds of great merchandise, whether it's uh, cannabis itself, tinctures, oils, cartridges, edibles, really any type of medium for marijuana consumption, they have it uh, at your convenience. And these are great premium products meant to help you with some of 
you know, the things that we experience in life, such as stress and anxiety, chronic pain and inflammation, maybe trouble sleeping at night. Well, this is a really, this is a natural way to help some of those remedies. Uh, this is a company founded by a husband and, and wife. The husband is a disabled veteran that was turned on to these natural products and it helped his life so much so that he wanted to start this company and share it with the good folks like you. So head over to rogueshop.com, R-O-G-U-E shop.com. Great products, proud sponsors of the Wolfpacker podcast, and you can support us by supporting them over at rogueshop.com, R-O-G-U-E shop.com. All right, Matt. Um, I feel like the best way to open up this podcast is this is the first time you and I have talked to each other since NC State's lost to Creighton on Friday in Denver in the first round, or rather the round of 64 in the NCAA tournament. We can't call it the first round anymore, Matt. Um, But yeah, I guess we should just start with talking about this game and then we'll get into the bigger picture stuff later. Um, But I'll start off by saying I got to tip my cap to NC State's effort and fight in this game. Um, You know, obviously we wanted to see NC State win this game. I would have loved to see NC State have a chance at Baylor and maybe get a chance to go to the Sweet 16. We were all hoping for that outcome. But at the end of the day, in a tournament so random like the NCAA tournament, all you can ask for from your team is to show the fight and, you know, don't. Don't leave the game feeling like you left anything on the court. And I don't think NC State can say it left anything on the court, especially behind Terquavion Smith's 30-point effort. And at the end of the day, Creighton was a terrible matchup for NC State because, you know, they NC State just didn't have anybody to match up with Kalkbrenner, the seven foot one big man who dropped 30 plus points, 10 plus rebounds, was a pest on defense all night and uh yeah it's just just straight up bad matchup nc state did not have a healthy front court to match up with creighton's yeah yeah it came like the quip tonight to nc state was kind of found out late in the year uh with clemson had pj hall creighton had Cockburner. they're both really tall skilled big guys and they both had a lot of success against NC State. So clearly, having a big guy that had the ability to take advantage of, we all love DJ Burns. Uh, we all hope DJ Burns comes back, not only for NC State's sake, just because he's just a great kid. But, yeah, defense was a bit of a liability, and, and it showed up um, against the really skilled offensive players. You know, hurts about the game, Creighton – really struggled shooting threes. They made their first three-pointer and then didn't make another one until the backbreaker that came was like two, I think maybe two, three minutes left. Or maybe they made only one in between. They made they one in between. Huh? They were just, they were ice cold from three yeah. compared to how they normally shoot the ball. <clears throat> yeah, you saw what they did against Butler. I mean, uh, Baylor. Yep. They were lights out. Yep. I felt like I remember thinking at uh, halftime, if NC State should be up double digits right now. Creighton made their first three-pointer, didn't have a three-pointer the rest of the half, and NC State only scored 26 points. Uh, I know some fans were like, 
wandering to Clavion Smith, taking 27 shots. I don't know who else was supposed to shoot. Nobody else was making shots. Uh, he was the one that was getting buckets. And if you saw the, the, the one sequence where he, you know, he brought down the house with the dunk, then went on the other end and blocked the shot. Um, that was, that was high level to Quavion Smith. There was a window in the first half and the opening of the second half for NC State to really have control of the basketball game. And it would have taken Cockburner out because Clayton would have had to start shooting a little bit more to get back in it. And it just, for whatever reason, it was, it was one of those days where the shots just weren't falling. Well, NC State just start. I mean, they started that game ice cold. Would it take about four minutes? I mean, I don't. NC State, I guess, had a bucket right before that first under sixteen timeout. But yeah. the, it felt like what NC State missed its first seven or eight shots. It was. My girlfriend yeah. was trying to work from home while I was watching the game on the couch. We've got a one bedroom apartment, and our living our living room area is a shared space for her. You know, work from home setup in our living. And she's like, I don't even have to watch the game. I can just hear from your <laughs> reactions because I'm, you know, swearing and yelling at the TV. And what's going on? Why can't we make a shot right now? Mm-hmm. Uh, but now it finally, once NC State got settled, it got better. But yes, Terquavion was everything for NC State in the first half, particularly in the first first half. I apologize if I repeated myself, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jarkel Joyner finally got going in the second half, but it was just too too little, too late, and it was a game that it was a, it was just not a DJ Burns game. You just you you got so much from DJ Burns and pockets this year. You could expect him to at least be a double figure score for you pretty consistently, and it was just it wasn't his game on the offensive end either. He he struggled against Kalkbrenner, who. Most people have struggled against him. He was the Big East Defensive Player of the Year, as was repeated multiple times on the broadcast. <laughs> two times, two time Defensive Player of the Year in the Big two, East. It was, and and deservedly so. I mean, yeah. he he looked like a collegiate version of of Yao Ming out there, and uh, you know the DJ Burns old school YMCA basketball style that works really well against players that are shorter than seven foot once that once he gets matched up with somebody that's about four or five inches taller than dj it becomes an issue um so and then the foul trouble you know i i appreciate the tv announcer at one point saying that's a reputation foul because i i think you know his reputation for being a little bit um I don't know what the right word is. Foul trouble prone. Yep. Got got to him a little bit. The fourth foul was a poor foul call. But actually, I think the four fouls on Dewan are coming right after that. Uh, where he picked up two quick fouls to get the four fouls. And they yep. had to bring in Onis Ross to play in the post. Which he had not done all year. Uh, that was when Creighton really started to warm up and get on the run. So the fact that both... Burns and Dewana had four fouls with about 15, 16 minutes to go in the game. Now, remember, they had just come out of the second half and taken a seven-point lead over Creighton. That's right. And then both bigs getting foul trouble. I do want to ask you a question because I'm going to make you feel old since you do that to me all the time. Okay. How many of the young kids today do you think know who Yao Ming is? How many of the young kids? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess he's kind of like, you know, when you think of players of that era that – 
maybe the kids would would know. They'd probably know Allen Iverson. They'd probably know Kobe Bryant. Uh, they probably don't know T Mac Tracy McGrady. They don't know how good that Houston Rockets squad was back in the early two thousands with Steve Francis as well. Uh, so, but yes, if if you don't know kids, go look it up. Yao Ming. Chinese basketball sensation. He's the best Chinese basketball player ever. And he's seven foot six made Shaq, made Shaq look small on the court. Um, so yeah, I guess that was maybe where, where I had my vision. Cause growing up playing NBA live 2004, always used to pick the Houston Rockets as my team head to head against Shaq. So, so DJ Burns, Kalkbrenner, you know, not, not quite the same, but maybe a, Maybe a minor league collegiate version of uh, of Shaq versus Yao Ming. Although DJ Burns has has some strides to make if he wants to be compared to Shaq on the defensive end. Yeah, and that ultimately the inability to defend the post is what you mentioned it. That's just what screwed in she stayed in this game. They were close though. I, I, I do want to finish my I'll close my thought on this. It was two and a half minutes to go. Creighton's up by three points. Jack Clark, they're, they're late in the shot clock. Creighton's been very patient, trying to shorten the game up. And Jack Clark gets in the passing lane and knocks the pass away. He wins the foot. It's an easy foot race to win to the basketball. The only question is, is, does he get to it before it goes out of bounds? And can he get to it before he goes out of bounds? And if he does, he's got a, a breakaway dunk, and it's a one-point game. As it is, he barely steps out of bounds. Yep. And there's about two seconds left on the on the shot clock. And at that point, Creighton had made two threes all game, one of which was by Cockburner of all people, his sixth made three of the year. Well, you knew he was gonna make one as as, as much as he was cooking down low. It was a yeah. matter of time before he had one from the top of the key. But but yeah. But, but I know what was coming next. Yeah. So instead of being a one-point game with two and a half minutes to go and you're all fired up, you know, you, you, you've been rallying, you had the back-to-back threes, you had the huge dunk from Taquavion Smith. Now you get another dunk from Jack Clark. Um, energy's on your side. Mo, Mojo's on your side. Instead, he's out of bounds. And then on the inbound play, on the inbound play with after the game, Greg McDermott said it was the first time they called that play all year. I think it was Shireman. Yep, Baylor Shireman. It's a tough three-pointer to beat the shot clock. And instead of what I just described, it's a six-point game. And and she State got possession with less than two and a half minutes to go. It really was a game of inches, almost, for NC State. Tough tough three-pointer might be be an understatement. That was a – that was one where you just throw your hands up and say, you know, credit credit to Creighton for having having a dude that can make a shot like that. I mean, you yeah. NC State couldn't have done anything better defensively. You got to tip your cap to Jack Clark for the hustle, and he just you know lost control. Is just like you said, a game of inches. I thought you brought up a great point, Matt. I thought this game flipped when DJ Burns picked up his fourth foul on what I thought was the worst call on him. Um, and that was another question going into this game. How were non-ACC officials going to officiate NC State? And they probably would have been better off had they gotten the officials that officiated the Duke-Tennessee game, uh, <laughs> where, where in, you know, they just – Duke-Tennessee was – 
practically a football game out there. Tennessee was able to physically dominate Duke. Now, if 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 NC State had those officials, I think we might be talking about NC State in the Sweet 16 because NC State would have been able to out-physical Creighton a little bit more. But there were a lot of touch fouls called in this game. You know how you can you know how you can tell because Creighton also got into foul trouble at times, and Creighton never got into foul trouble this year. So there were. They weren't they weren't letting them play. I think they play they called it evenly on both sides, but if they're not going to uh, let them bang a little bit down low, that's that's not advantage. That was not an advantage for this NC State team. This NC State team played its best when the officials let them play. Kind of like that first Duke game, Matt, uh, when NC State was able to be very aggressive on defense against against Duke and PNC Arena, jumped out to an early lead. Like they were, uh, NC State was almost the opposite of Duke. Duke, Duke didn't want to play those physical games. They they wanted to kind of just you know be able to get to the free throw line at will, just like UNC wanted to be able to get to the free throw line at will. NC State didn't rely on getting to the free throw line. They're a team that had to rely on making shots and in, in half court sets and transition and actually making field goals. And it just too little, too late, but um, let's let's transition to big picture here and kind of my thought leaving that game, you know, it always sucks to lose in the NCAA tournament, especially when it's been so long since NC State has been in the NCAA tournament. But I don't know how you felt, Matt, leaving this game, but I, I just kind of had this sense of um, I wasn't I wasn't beat up about it too long. You know, I, I thought, A, the better team won. If you look at Creighton, all I mean, Creighton was Creighton didn't have Kalkbrenner for a good chunk of this season. Had Creighton had Kalkbrenner for that chunk of the season, this is probably more like a three or a four seed. This is like a top 15 squad. Creighton is kind of a pseudo pro team in the way they, you know, that that starting lineup of theirs is very, very strong. It's hard to find a weakness in it. Um, and I was just appreciative of NC State's effort. We got the magical March moment from Jaquavion throwing down that left-hander over Kalkbrenner. That's gonna be that's gonna be a March memory for NC State. Be you know here on out like that. That's a new March memory. And and had that Jarkel Joiner three in transition gone in after that block on the other end, Turquavion had it would have been a tie ball game. Uh, with about five or five or six minutes to play, so yeah, I, I'm gonna um, real quick on that. Jock was going to three. Should have passed. I think he should have passed the ball to Casey Morsell, who was even more wide open in the corner, his patented corner shot. And Casey Morsell had actually been shooting the ball well in that game. And you know, Jock Hell's your MVP of the year. So he, he certainly it made big shot at the big shot, but. Uh, Morcel and Smith were your two shot makers in this game. So, little sidebar on that shot, on that play. But um, I don't disagree. But, but uh, I'm going to kind of hit on the critics a little bit because I agree with you. This was a fun season when she played basketball. And I saw a lot of people coming out after the game on a messy board, uh, on social media. Um, I feel like a lot of our threads on the most messy board turns into uh, talk about Kevin Keats this and Kevin Keats that and 
you know, let's go back a year ago at this time on March 21st. Uh, people were wondering if Manny Bates was about to transfer out. And it was not a fun time. And they just lost 21 games. And all I heard every week on the premium board, we do a, a chat every Wednesday where for one hour I just sit in the thread and answer every question that comes that way. I can't tell you how many times I got between this time last year to about maybe November, December, if Kevin Keats have to make the NCAA, NCAA tournament uh, or bust, or, or, you know what I mean? Does he have to make the NCAA tournament? I would always say the answer is more nuanced than you want it to be. It's never as black and white mm -hmm. as you think. But here we are. They made the NCAA tournament. They went from 10 and 21 to 23 and 11. They beat North Carolina at home. Uh, they beat Duke at home. You know, they gave you two good rivalry wins. They won an ACC tournament game in, in Greensboro. Um, uh, you can't move the goalpost once you get into the tournament. And no. there was a lot of criticism of, 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 of Kevin Keats. I was like, what you wanted was to get back to the tournament, and you got back to the tournament. That was hard to do. They were dead last in the ACC last year. They went yeah. from dead last in the ACC to the NCAA tournament. Now, that's easier to do in the transfer portal era. I'll, I'll grant that. But my point is, don't move the goalpost once you get there. Don't turn it into a disappointing season because you lost the first game of an NCAA tournament team to a team that, by the way, just beat Baylor. They're in the Sweet 16. They're probably going to take care of Princeton. They're going to make it to the Elite Eight. I hope our producer, Trey, stuck with his Creighton in the Final Four prediction. I, I think he did. I hope so. So, so yeah, they, they had a good chance. They're going to be playing for a trip to the Final Four. By the way, all those guys will probably be back for Creighton next year. So there's a good chance they'll be preseason top 5-10 next year in the country. You lost to a, a darn good basketball team in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Don't move the goalpost. Don't act like that was some kind of failure or disappointment or whatever. You, you don't move the goalpost once you get there. Move the goalpost next year if you want. That's yep. fine. We'll see what happens in the offseason, the silly season, and where the goalposts should be put. But this season was a success. I'm not terribly disappointed. They could have easily won that game. They were up by seven early in the second half. Jack Clark doesn't tiptoe out of bounds. They don't hit a tough three-pointer, which you say, tip your cap. We're probably talking about something different. So, a lot, a lot of good teams are not in the Sweet 16, by the way. Yeah, a like, lot, lot of good, a lot of good coaches. Like if you, if NC State, you know, a lot of talk about John Calipari taking the job at NC State back in. Uh, I got some clarification on that story, by the way. If anybody wants to, maybe we'll we'll save that for the end. That'll be our. How about that as our kicker, Matt? That right. you, you you stay tuned to the end, and you'll get the Matt Carter intel on the on the real story of when John uh, Calipari. I was went out at the pizza. airport, by the way, when Lee Fowler landed from Memphis after going to visit John Kyler Perry. So, just All right, so, well, there, so there, I, I got some, I got a little bit of knowledge on this story. Well, now you have to finish this podcast so we can get to that story. But as I was going to say, John Calipari, he's not in the sweet 16. 
What did what did he what did he do last year at Kentucky? They lost in the first round as a two seed. It's hard to win in March. And I, I know it's a cliche, but I don't think people understand just how hard it is and how random this tournament is. It's one and done. It, it's what makes it great, but it also allows the fairly Dickinsons of the world to beat Purdue and, and have a chance to go to the sweet 16. It's very random. And you know State, what, oh, go ahead. I got that. You know what else is hard? I mean, great point. I mean, look at look, there's no Duke. There's no North Carolina. There's no Kansas. I think Bill Self is the best coach in college basketball. Yeah. Lost in the second round of Arkansas. Um, you know what else is hard to do? Go 10 and 21 and lose an NBA draft pick off of that team. And in the ACC, finish dead last. And then a year later, go 12 and 8 in the ACC, win 23 games, and make the NCAA tournament. And don't tell me the ACC were down, because the ACC were down last year. Same number of teams made the tournament this year as made it last year. That's hard to do. And so, like, I think NC State fans would be better off focusing on that. That it was a hard mission to accomplish. It was a hard goal to accomplish. And you did it. And then, you, like you just said, hard to win in March in a one-and-done format with so much parity. It's hard to get there. Yeah. I mean, look at this. I mean, and, and it's 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 going to continue to be hard because now the, AC, the ACC is no longer the ACC we grew up with. It, this is not the same college basketball we grew, grew up with, but – for, for many, many years, the ACC got the benefit of the doubt as the best conference in, in the country, and, and, and rightfully so. But it's because the ACC had the most pros year in, year out, in its league. Now look around the league. Who, who's a lottery pick? I mean, who's a lottery pick in the ACC other than, you know, maybe a, maybe a Duke freshman? I mean, does Duke have anybody that's going in the lottery? I don't, I don't think so. There might be four or five lottery picks in college basketball right now more going straight to the g league more coming from international uh you know foreign countries it's just it's just a different landscape and now it's going to take i mean nc state had a great year in the acc won what i don't have it off the top of my head matt 12 or 13 games 12 and 8 12 and 8 i mean you win 60 percent of your acc games back in 2005 that's 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 a lock to make the NCAA tournament. Now, NC State was sweating on Selection Sunday with with the resume that it had. Uh, now, moving forward, there, you know, like you said, Matt, I think it's okay to maybe move the goalpost moving forward. Now that you've made it to the dance, now there's going to be some more expectations moving forward, as there should be. I think Kevin Keats would put those expectations on himself. You think he likes losing in March? I mean, n- none of these guys like losing. Uh, now he's he they're gonna there's gonna need to be some momentum moving forward in terms of you're gonna have to win a game maybe you're you're not supposed to win in the ACC tournament that's that's been kind of the we're in what year five or six now every ACC tournament run seems like NC State has done pretty well against the teams it's supposed to beat and then it moves on to the quarterfinals plays a tough game loses gonna need gonna eventually need that to change been to the NCAA tournament twice, both times matched up against a Big East team that's probably better than you, and you lost two games in which you were the underdog. Um, all about bracket luck, but you know, part of moving the goalpost. Next time you make the NCAA tournament, 
maybe try to be a six or seven seed so that you're favored in the first game. It, it, it's all a, a larger picture body of work. Um, but if, if you don't leave this year feeling optimistic about the future, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I really just don't know what to tell you because just look around. It, it's not a magical. It's all about getting the right players and for Kevin Keats to have the success that he found in the portal this offseason and has historically, you know, you just got to have confidence that he's going to find a way to get over the hump in this new modern era of college basketball. Yeah. Be quick. I think you hit, to me, the next goalpost is let's not be sweating on selection Sunday, right? And let's yeah. not, let's be avoiding um, eight, nine games, which has been NC State's calling card. Even going back to Herb Sendak and Mark Godfrey, by the way. Only, when, only once has NC State. So NC State made five straight tournaments under Herb. They made four straight under Godfrey. They've made two under Keats. That's 11 uh, NCAA tournaments in 2000, which is not bad, by the way. That's about 50% of the tournaments. Should be better, but not terrible. Only once out of those 11 times, if I recall right, has NC State either not been in the 7, 10, 8, 9 game, or they were the 11 or 12 seed playing a 6 to 5. So basically only once were they seeded above 7th in those 11 NCAA tournaments. And I was hoping that one really good team he had. They were 3 seed and then really should have been in the Sweet 16. They got a, a, a horrible intentional foul call on Marcus Melvin late and what should have been a win over over Vanderbilt. Um, but having said that, um, I think you hit, the, hit it on the nail. I think the next step is let's find a way to uh, be like a five seed or a six seed or something of that nature. Not sweating on selection Sunday, being a favorite in the first round of the NCAA tournament. That's the next step that NC State basketball hasn't taken, period, since the glory days. Not just under Kevin Keith, but period. And now it's almost 30 years span. And that, that to me, is the next goalpost. And in, in the age of NIL and, you know, go find the right pieces in the offseason. And it's it's possible. It's not easy. It is. It's just not going to be easy at all there there's some bracket luck involved there's always bracket luck involved matt look at pittsburgh nc state would have been better off being in the first first four in pittsburgh's shoes than it was as the 11 seed guaranteed to be and i know that's not what people wanted on selection sunday i personally i would have been upset if nc state had to go to date i would i would rather nc state had the guarantee to just play on friday but with the benefit of hindsight you look at Pittsburgh's path, they beat a Mississippi State team that's a mid-tier SEC squad. Yeah. Would have been also an interesting angle to see NC State face its uh, former player in Shaquille Moore, who right. unfortunately missed the game-winning shot in that game that would have sent Mississippi State to the round of 64. But then Pittsburgh gets an Iowa State team that absolutely limped into the postseason. Iowa State scores 41 points on Pittsburgh. Pitt, Pitt had to score 60 points and 59 points to advance to, this, to the round of 32, lost to a better Xavier team who was definitely the better team than Pittsburgh. But, I mean, what are you going to say? Pittsburgh had a better 
year than NC State just because it advanced to the round of 32. No, it had bracket luck. Like, yeah, and Unfortunately, nobody remembers that stuff, right? Um, and then Pittsburgh had the bad luck of getting Javier on a hot, hot afternoon on Sunday. And that runs across the board. Yeah, Tennessee was probably the worst possible matchup for Duke. And then you add to it that the referees, it wasn't, you know, no blood, no harm. There was no broken bones, no harm in that game. And that's just the, that's part of the luck of it. But And, look, luck is going to play a role in what happens in the offseason. Yep. You don't know. You don't know how these transfers are going to work out. I happen to think the ACC is in a sneaky position, by the way, to take a pretty big step forward next year. Um depending on what happens at other schools. But I think with the NIL and I think a kind of a renewed focus from some of these ACC teams that they've kind of learned some lessons on the fly of what this new era is and um, and taking the cues from the Big 12 and the SEC and what they're doing and hopefully learning a lesson about scheduling. I will pull my hair out if I see some of these schedules again next year from ACC teams. And I include respectfully include entry state in that let's get some better schedules in. you have got to create more value for yourself in the non-conference play period well the acc coaches are scheduling their non-conference slate like it's 2005 yeah it's not it's 2023 now i mean you're unless you want to go unless you think you can definitely go win 14 games in league play you better have some tough games in the non-conference slate and it complete and it it screwed the dynamic all season too. I mean, the AC you can't sit here and tell me that the ACC was worse than the Pac-12, was worse than the Mountain West, or the Big but, Ten. I mean, you Big Ten every year, every year the Big Ten. We go through this every year with the Big Ten. You know, they get nine, ten teams in the NCAA tournament. How many are around for the second weekend? One. Yeah. Is a seventh seed just because they have a Hall of Fame coach and Tom Izzo that always finds the secret sauce to get, you know, make a run at the right time in March. And Michigan State's technically favored against Kansas State, but I would not, I mean, speaking of good games on Sunday, Kansas State's guard play. Woo! <laughs> that was some lights out playing Greensboro. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know. The ACC is still a solid conference. I think the Big 12 is definitely the best conference in college basketball at the time. That will probably shift when the SEC picks up Texas and Oklahoma. SEC is right there with it because they're able to recruit some of the best coaching talent with their budgets. Um, But the ACC is right there. It's just it's just not it's no longer the best conference in college basketball, and it probably won't be for the years to come. Yeah, to your point, that's why you have to schedule better. You have to schedule to to add value to your to who you are. And, and by the way, produce. You know, don't lose all those games. Carolina had a great schedule, awesome schedule. Now they didn't win any of those games, so at least win a couple of them too. You know, don't don't fall flat on your face. And then, um. But you made a great point. This isn't 2005 anymore. You can't bank on the ACC just giving you a bunch of great games because 
How bad was Louisville this year? How bad was Notre Dame this year? How bad was Florida State this year? How bad was Georgia Tech for most of the year? How bad was Boston College to start the year? And yeah, it was just, and, and so they had no value. At all, all, all that, all that said, it's still BS that Miami was a quad two home win. Even even more so when they upset Houston. <laughs> You're calling it, huh? I don't have that in my bracket, but if I had to read, if I could do my bracket over again, I re, I think my initial gut was to put Miami far. Obviously, I have ACC bias, um, but yeah, I, I this Miami team—they're another great team in March because of, they just have great guard play. I mean, Isaiah Wong is the real deal. Uh, Isaiah Wong is what happens when you have top-tier talent that stays in college um, and, and allows himself to develop his game. I mean, Terquavion Smith probably has as much, if not more, just overall talent than Isaiah Wong, but Isaiah Wong has the experience. He had the, he had the wherewithal to know when to take the shots, when to pass the ball, and Terquavion got a lot better at that this season. But as the year went along and towards the end of the year, and, and the going got tough, you know, Terquavion became a, a volume shooter again. And, you know, 27 shot, you know, you'll take the 32 points. I don't, I, he played his butt off in, in the round of 64. I'm not taking anything away from him, but it's taking away shots from other players. And, you know, it's a team yeah. game. I agree with that. There have been occasions where I think that's been an issue. I didn't feel like that was an issue against Quayton because I didn't know who else was going to make a shot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Joiner was off. Clark was off. Bones was on the bench. And when he was in, he wasn't shooting over Clark Brenner. So really, the only two guys making shots for you were Smith and Morcel in, in this particular game. But I think that's kind of, I think we could touch on this. And that's a good segue. You mentioned Joiner and Smith. Where, where do you think NC State's got to go for the portal? Let's say, they have, let's say you got. Making up a number here. In your fourth, war chest. Let's say you got four. Four, oh. four spots to work with. Hey, you don't have to use all of them. Oh, okay. I thought I thought you were I thought you were gonna come up with a war chest number of here's our NIL budget this offseason. <sighs> we don't we don't have to get in the specifics of that, but it is uh that is that is the reality of the situation in twenty twenty three. Um but Turquavion leaving does open up some of that war chest. Because Terquavion was making good money. And somebody else out there in the transfer portal could say, hey, there's uh, 40 points per game leaving at NC State. And look how look at the success. Now, why this year was so crucial is because now Kevin Keats is going to have this as a case study of if you come to NC State and you play, you play under me, you can shine just like Jarkel Joyner did. You can shine just like DJ Burns did. If Jack Clark, I mean, if he stays healthy, I mean, he's another success story out of the transfer portal. Um, or even a guy like Casey Morsell. Now, I don't think they're going to go look for the Casey Morsells of the world. I would suggest avoiding players that, you know, averaged two, three points a game, even if they played in the ACC or the, or the SEC, um, because you saw with Morsell, it took him a year to get to the point where he was this season. Transfer portal, you're probably you're probably not looking for development cases. You're probably looking for who's going to help me next season. Um, but where does NC State look? You have to look in the backcourt. I think NC State has a great chance of keeping DJ Burns if he just 
if you just follow him on Instagram, he obviously loves being at NC State. He's very passionate about this program. And if, you know, from a from a financial and professional standpoint, it makes sense for him to stay in Raleigh for another year, I think he'll do so. Um, another thing to watch is Dusan Mahorchic. Um, you know, I think there's a reason we didn't see him towards the end of the year. I know they're going to try to get him uh, a waiver for this season as an injury claim. By the way, if NC State has Mahorchic in this Creighton game, it makes a big difference. Makes a huge difference. I don't think Kalkbrenner goes for 30 plus against Mahorchic. Um, he just, he was just NC State's best defensive big this season, and NC State didn't have him for most of the important part of the year. Um, does he come back? Maybe. Uh, in which case, you're looking pretty good at the center position. Can you get Jack Clark to come back? I think he's the perfect uh, four for this offense and, and, you know, provides great length and rebounding ability on the defensive end. Uh, NC State's got a great supporting cast. They got to go get a star. They got to they go find stars to replace Terquavion and Jarkel Joyner. Um, but the good news is they have, you know, you don't have to look so, so far in the past to realize why somebody would want to come to NC State and, uh, and, and come play in Kevin Keats' backcourt. I agree. I think they have to find a um, – they do need to find a, a, a point guard, I think, is the most important aspect of it. They need to find a point guard, uh, you know, We've been putting transfer portal updates. It's the sound of a former entry state player who had to put a good year at a mid-major on the smaller side. I'm not going to give away his name. You can pay for it if you want to figure out who his name is. Fun but fact, he used to play AU basketball with this with this young man. Yeah. He was, it was uh, on the team below me uh, age-wise, but uh, has always been an undersized guard, always been an undersized guard, but, man, is he crafty. Yeah. Um, and then and he confirmed he had he confirmed to us that he's been talking to NC State. I don't know. Look at this time of the year, you see a lot of these lists. So and so has been contacted by. Yeah, that doesn't mean you're being seriously recruited. But I do think you need the priority for me would be point guard and a taller wing. I think the lack of height on the wing positions hurt NC State a little bit this year. Um, if you get Morcel back, if you could get a point guard and like a six 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 seven Wayne who can shoot, um, I think you're in a good spot. Um, and it's good. You got all these other X factors, but you don't have to use all four. Like I, I, I get four. I don't necessarily think you have to use all four. Um, I think I think Kevin Keats will if it's that many. Um, but yeah, that, that kind of why I think priority one and two should be point guard and a taller wing, taller guard, whatever you want to say. Um, and then you have to kind of see who else comes back. It's going to be hard to get a, if, let's say Burns and Mahorchik. I'm not breaking news here. We've been talking about it on the premium board. Um, you know, I think there is a possibility Mahorchik may try for a waiver. Um, I think Boo Corrigan was quoted about that. Um, Somebody told me at least. So um, that's a possibility. If you do, you got to remember the guys in transfer portal, you don't get depth in the transfer portal. If you get started, yeah, guys aren't going to come to you to be a complimentary performer unless they got very few other options, right? 
Yeah, most guys are coming to you. Josh Caljoyner came to NC State because he knew he could be the starting point guard. If, if there was another point guard on the team, Josh Caljoyner was not coming to NC State. And there were some guys who didn't come to NC State because Josh Caljoyner beat them to the punch. And they started thinking, I know I could start, but you got Joyner and Smith. They're going to shoot a lot. And you also got Casey Morsell. That, that's a, too crowded for me. So you've got uh, that, that kind of element. So. But I think point guard and a taller wing are my two priorities in the portal. The point guard is 1A, 1B, 1C. Um, you, you're not going to go find another Turquavion Smith out there. I mean, it just fortunate that NC State recruited him when he was 15 years old, you know, loves NC State. You were fortunate to get him back this season. It's going to, you're not, you're not going to be able to replicate a guy that grew up in North Carolina wanting to go to NC State and loving the institution, which he went to so much so that he passed up a first round draft pick to, to return for another season. I mean, just look at the passion on the bench. In that in that second half, I mean, Turquavion wanted to win that game. I think more than he wanted his right leg, <laughs> um, and, and you just you just have to respect that and love that as as an NC State alum. But but yeah, can you go get it? What's going to be tough to replace Matt is Jarkel Joiner's leadership. I think that's an unspoken factor on this team that you you needed a guy like him to change the culture in that locker room after last season too. It, it, winning is a mentality. And, and Jarkel Joyner, you know, I don't think he was necessarily a guy that came in and was just barking at guys. He was kind of a do as I, or, you know, leader by example, but just talk about a, a, a great young man to help represent your, your university and, and help reinvent the culture in that locker room. I thought he was the perfect, perfect piece. And if you could get somebody that's 75 per, Bring 75% of what Jarkel Joyner brought to this program. That's a win in the transfer portal. Yeah, I agree. I, that, that's a very good, I, that's an outstanding point that I haven't even thought about. Of there was a bit of a leadership that Jarkel Joyner provided this team. That really, you know, that's not to be disrespectful to some of the players of the last few years, but it, it has not been around the program in a while. Uh, and it takes, it's a unique ability to be a leader. It's just something that's kind of natural to people. It's not. It's hard to acquire that type of skills. It, you either have it or you don't. Most it, of the time, maybe maybe DJ Burns could be that guy if if he decides to come back. Now he's gonna have to take a long look in the mirror in the offseason and say, if I'm coming back to be the senior leader on this team, I've got a chance to be first team All ACC next year. But I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to work on my body. I'm gonna have to get in shape. I'm gonna have to work on my defensive skills. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to become a better overall player. Burns is obviously talented. He was the Big South Player of the Year. He was able to. He was able to get away with being out of shape in that league and was still the best player in it. And he was still an honorable mention All ACC player in this year. And credit to him, he got better in shape as the year went along. But you can make much much bigger strides in the off season now that you got some time between this, this year and next. And it'll be interesting to see. We just, we just got to wait and see. We also haven't mentioned, you know, there could be players on NC state's current roster that maybe look around and, and find better opportunities elsewhere, which would open up other spots to you know, the transfer portal giveth and taketh. So 
Um, just, you know, don't be surprised to see anything. Don't overreact to anything in the transfer portal. If somebody leaves, if somebody commits, it doesn't mean anything. It just means that this is what the roster is going to look like next year. And uh, I don't think NC State's going to lose anybody super, super valuable in the portal necessarily. Well, I mean, they're losing their two most valuable pieces to the draft and eligibility. So, you know, what, we, what we, you, to clarify, to quite be honest, I haven't officially said that, but that is the. I mean, come on. That is the assumption. Yeah. Uh, it, I would. Hey, I'd love to be wrong. I mean, <laughs> if he wants, if he wants to come back for a third year, great. Yeah. That would be awesome. But I'm not expecting that. It, right. it seems like a 32 point performance in which you threw down a left handed hammer uh, that was retweeted thousands of times on Twitter. Uh, that probably good. Probably good way to wrap up your NC State career. But. Um, we're all just speculating at this point. I think NC State has plenty of optimism moving forward. Uh, if this was a referendum year on Kevin Keats, he did what he had to do. Make the NCAA tournament, win 12 games in the ACC, get NC State back to a 21 caliber team. Um, and now there, there's there's no more rebuilding years in college basketball, Matt. Not with this formula. You just got to... Re- Got to restock, reload, and get ready for the next year. Now, now with the transfer portal. Yep, that, that's the uh, that's the reality of it, for better or worse. I'm in the crowd. It's probably not a, not. Yeah, I don't think it's the best way to go about it, but we'll see. Not not you have to go about it that way. I wish college basketball wasn't in that situation, but I'm the I'm the old man on the lawn. So I don't. I, it's I, it's kind of exciting. I mean, look it. It allows teams like Pitt and NC State to completely flip their seasons from last. If if we didn't live in the transfer portal area era, NC State's not an NCAA tournament team this year. It gives you an opportunity, eh? no question about that. I just think bigger picture, it, it hurts fan connection to the sport. And if right. I, nobody pays attention to college basketball now until middle or late February. And it seems to be later and later this each year. I always tell people, you don't even get an ESPN on ESPN.com. You don't even get a men's basketball option on the drop down at the top mm. until you get close to March. Yep. And you live in San Francisco. What's a nice professional town like San Francisco? How much do they pay attention to college basketball during, during the year? During Not at all. Now, it doesn't help that Cal was one of the worst Power 5 programs in the country uh, yeah. and Stanford – has not been to an NCAA tournament in six or seven years now. Um, you got St. Mary's, a great WCC program right down the road in Moraga, but it's uh, it's it, it is night and day culturally in North Carolina. College basketball is such a bigger deal, su- such a bigger deal. Um, but we've we've teased it now for I think thirty minutes ago, and we got to wrap this podcast up, Matt. So let's. Let's hear the real story behind John Calipari's and the pizza uh, and the and the pizza. So this is all third hand. I, I mean, I wasn't there obviously, but I've gathered it from people who have talked to people and who know people. And Matt's um, connected, guys. Matt's yeah. Matt's connected. So my understanding of the events was I never knew about where the pizza was. By the way, so apparently, Mellow Mushroom. I don't know. I, that, that, I don't remember a metal much. I, I guess they were around at the time. 
my understanding was is that they went out for a late night pizza. That is correct. But that the issue was that the AD at the time for NC State, Lee Fowler, you know, he ordered his pizza. John Calipari ordered his pizza. And at whatever, whatever point came time to pay, Lee Fowler spoke up and said it was separate. And he paid for his pizza. And a surprise, taken aback, Calipari paid for his pizza. Um, on the plane flight home, I talked to multiple people and I've heard from other people that, you know, they were all thinking that Calipari was going to take the job. Um, the assistant coaches on that plane, I know from multiple sources, I, I even heard one story where one Calipari was like, how many of you think I should take the job? And one assistant coach raised both hands and both feet in the air to say, I'm all in, you know. But when he got home, apparently Calipari was just bugged. Not necessarily that he had to pay for his own pizza, but the story I was told that he was telling people was, is this AD so cheap that he won't even pay my pizza? Right? Yep. Because if I'm going to compete against North Carolina and Duke, yep. and I know those behemoths, and I know Coach K and Roy Williams over there, I need an AD that's going to give me everything I need. And yep. there, was, there was that thought in his got planted in his head, and that seed of doubt came in over going Dutch on pizza while visiting Raleigh. That was the story I was told. Now, the passenger had got passenger telling everybody it was because of his bad pizza. I, no, I, Calipari I, was very complimentary of Mel yeah, Mushroom, and yeah, his uh, yeah. it was Josh Graham, you know, triad. Sports radio guy asked Calipari and his NCAA tournament availability, you know, hey, what's the real story here? But the interesting thing that Calipari said is one of the early things he said when when recounting that story was when you consider the the environment or that the the neighborhood in which NC State was at the time. Like he it was just a little mention. But that's all. That was that was the big thing. It it was it, it wasn't necessarily going Dutch on the pizza. It's what it represented, which was yeah. It wasn't that he wasn't. I, I don't you know. He probably was pissed that he had to buy his own pizza. I mean, I'm being courted for a job and yeah. Sure. But I think it was the the, the, the seed of that. From what I have been told, that what and what I've been told was just what Calipari told other people. If I gotta and go I, against K, if I gotta go against Roy, yeah. I'm gonna need I'm gonna need some money. If you can't pay for a $5 piece of pizza, yeah. we got bigger problems. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I think that that was the uh, – and I don't think Kyle Perry, by the way, was scared of going up against it because he like, he would have won. I mean, Kyle Perry would have gotten the guys to come to NC State and it would have been fun. Uh, he would also have left for Kentucky probably two or three years later anyway, like like he did. So, yeah. Um, but – yeah, like I said, I don't think he was scared of going against those two guys, but I think he knew that it was going to require a commitment from a resources standpoint that he was not caught and he wasn't 100% sold on. Well, there you have it, folks. There's the there's the real story of uh, John So Kelly I was visit. told. So, Look, guys, Matt Carter, he he is not going to say something on a podcast that he does not believe to be true. So uh, there you have it, folks. But 
That's going to do it for this 2022-2023 NC State men's basketball season. Takeaway here is, man, good to have NC State back in the NCAA tournament. Feels right. Felt Got the emotion. That's the number one thing that this that this season did, Matt. There was apathy after last year. There was truly apathy about men's men's basketball at NC State, and there's something wrong about that. And uh, this 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 season got people excited again. So, you know the the chin music after losing in the NCAA tournament is always going to be expected. It, same could be said of any any school. So, um, exciting things to come. We will be back when we hear about transfer portal updates. Maybe we'll have another pod. You know, a little bit down the road once silly season gets a little bit further along and we can start piecing together the Cincy state roster and we're going to have football season coming up here before we know it. So uh, more, more good things to talk about in the future, but it was a fun season. Matt had, had fun talking about it with you all year. So uh, some quick reminders for the uh, listeners and viewers at home before we tune out here, subscribe, rate and review this podcast, wherever you listen to us, Apple, Spotify, Google play. We're there. Plus uh, go to our YouTube channel, the Wolfpacker YouTube channel, subscribe to it. And also you can watch us there, uh, watch this podcast, give this video a thumbs up, drop a comment while you're at it. All that stuff helps us out, reach other NC state fans, just like you, uh, head over to the wolfpacker.com. Take advantage of a special deal. Now for 29 99, you can get premium subscription to the wolfpacker.com as part of the on three network through the end of August. So that's better part of five and a half months, roughly 50% savings because it's typically about $10 a month to be a premium member. And uh, yeah, you'll get to know the the fine details of that point guard uh, from a mid-major school that has NC State ties. You can, you can learn the specifics of who we're talking about because it'll unlock access to the message board and you'll get to see who Matt was talking about and, uh, and many other transfer portal targets as they come about. So uh, great time to become a member of the Wolfpacker.com. Also head over to rogueshop.com. That's R-O-G-U-E shop.com for all of your premium cannabis, CBD, Delta 8, Delta 9 goods. They've got cannabis itself, uh, cartridges, oils, tinctures, edibles, lotions, all kinds of great stuff um, for, for you to get your Delta 8, Delta 9 CBD. All natural great things to help you with you know some of your symptoms such as anxiety and stress, chronic pain, inflammation, uh, trouble sleeping at night, just natural ways to help with some of those symptoms. And it's a small business run by a husband and wife. The husband's a former uh, disabled veteran that was uh, turned on to these natural products when he suffered some of those symptoms. And it helped him out so much so that it became a passion of his. He started this business, rogueshop.com, to share it with the good folks like you. So Proud supporters of the Wolfpacker podcast. You can support us by supporting them. Head over to rogueshop.com. That's R-O-G-U-E shop.com. Um, follow us on social media at the Wolfpacker on Twitter. You can follow me personally at Justin H. Will on Twitter. And give us a like on Facebook, NC State Wolfpack on the Wolfpacker.com. So for Matt Carter, this is Justin Williams, and this has been the Wolfpacker podcast. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere 
even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.